Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. Welcome to the weekly We Are LA Tech Remix episode. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Hey, this is Josh Lichman, VC at Impatient Ventures, investing in the intersection of consumer and Web3, based in Venice. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question. So my general answer to this question is kind of two-part. I think the, 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 the short answer is yes, it is here to stay. Um, but there is a longer, kind of more nuanced answer as well. And I think what people who are outside of kind of or, or haven't yet participated in Web3 or NFTs or kind of whatever you want to call it. Um, for the people who haven't yet, the, the the way to think about what this all is, is it's really just brand equity. You know, at the NFT space and ecosystem is essentially the emergence of a bunch of new brands. Let's use Board Ape Yacht Club as an example. Most people have heard of Board Apes. Um, you know, they, they grew massively in popularity to the point where now it's like kind of a household name or at least people kind of recognize what it is. And really what that was, was it was a really concerted effort of brand building that led to kind of this, um, you know, gigantic, uh, you know, much larger than initially expected product and, and community. And so at the end of the day, you can really think about that uh, applied to really any brand, right? So if you think about your favorite brand, let's say you really, really like, you know, Allbird shoes or something, right? Allbirds might decide to release an NFT and through the brand equity that they've built, they're now able to kind of capitalize on that and build a really, like, build a foothold for their community in Web3. So I don't, I think the, I think the longer kind of, like I said, more nuanced answer is like, yes, it's here to stay. But the caveat is that brands really, brands, companies, organizations, whoever's releasing these products really have to be intentional about how they, you know, kind of make their first few steps in this space, because that can really set the tone for how people perceive them and the credibility behind their brand. I mean, we're not going to get into it too deep because this isn't an NFT podcast, but the one observation, and, and I'm curious in your involvement with Impatient, you know, your perspective on all this is like, even with Bored Apes, like it's a lot of celebrities bought into it and then people wanted to be associated with celebrities, which built up the hype machine and even NFTLA, I haven't seen people so excited. I mean, yeah, we've been stuck inside for a couple of years, so I'm sure that has something to do with it, but like about an event to sell out so quickly and the whole city is buzzing about NFT and 
while I'm seeing all these scams also take place in tandem, where's the fine line between this is our future and this is like a, a big hype machine? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Uh, for me, and, and I think various investors would, would give you a different answer, but for me uh, and a lot of the people that I work closely with, um, the, the kind of unique you know, uh, filter for a lot of this stuff is the people. And that's not too different than, you know, conventional investing in non web three projects, right? I think it all comes back to who the who and like, who, who are who's behind the project? Um, whose idea is it? Who's the team, right? Like, I think these are all really important questions to ask. And there are a lot of really great ideas, both in web three and, and outside of web three. And I think the the people really behind these projects and the teams that are executing, uh, that's the differentiator for me. So of course, you know, there's scams and there were early internet scams as well, but but the, the best people were able to make the best products and build the best teams. And so that's really what I, I kind of look at when when it you know comes to make a, a difficult decision. Hi, my name is John Jung with Brickwork, the co-founder, and we provide housing solutions. We're based out of downtown Los Angeles. Well, I would love to uh, get invited or actually start following to be invited because, yeah, I think it just made it more so with the pandemic that we have to appreciate these experiences more. But it doesn't have to be kind of that like, oh, we're networking to network, but there's no real conversations or connections being made. Um, I love that idea is having a private dinner party where you could control how many guests there are and you have more kind of intimacy, but that's kind of what connection is, right? Like not not in a romantic sense, but like, well, you know, we all have empathy and we kind of want to hear each other's backgrounds and stories and naturally allow an organic connection to happen. And I think that's what LA uh, was missing before and would love to hear more about those. Absolutely. For sure. How many people are on the Brickwork team? We're on WeFunder. We're crowdfunding our seed round, and we just hit our minimum target. Uh, nice, so, congrats! Yeah, thank you so much. And so, you know, we just hired three new team members last week. I was just super busy onboarding them. We are interviewing for another one. Before that, it was me, and my partner, and what we did was we had a bunch of interns from USC and UCLA studying architecture or geo design or urban planning, and so we've always kind of leveraged. Uh, interns to help us. And of course, we have the Brickwork team. But uh, for us, we've always had part-time. We've never had anyone full-time. And to be able to do so has been great because I think at this point, we can like really start to uh, scale and we've, we haven't been uh, uh, previously. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about sourcing talent, specifically interns, because it's something that hasn't come up a lot on the podcast and it's important. How would an LA startup go about connecting with USC and UCLA and the other universities in order to uh, staff interns as well? Yeah. So in California, um, they have to be W-2 and they are part-time paid interns. But what our strategy was, was um, really looking for the background and the pedigree. And even we had some universities in mind just because, you know, uh, unlike just business administration or something um, more uh, general like that, we're very hyper-focused on who has a background in architecture, urban planning, or even GIS and geo design. So we were able to kind of 
you know, network with them directly on LinkedIn. And that's been our kind of platform uh, where, where we connect, we, we, we uh, message them about the opportunity, and then we pull them off there into a Zoom interview. And that's really how we've been sourcing uh, our interns. And were they able to get college credit for working with you? Yeah. So um, we've had um, an intern, we still do, that is getting full financial aid. And so they're very limited in the amount of hours to work. And so it wasn't for credit. This was more along the lines of they wanted the experience. And we were a startup that was really in line with what they're studying, specifically with geodesign and urban planning. And so, um, you know, I think for them, it was an opportunity more so than getting paid was really uh, starting to learn land use more so than in the class. So they really um, were open to this opportunity and, and we didn't have kind of a lack of, of candidates uh, that way. But yeah, uh, across the board, it wasn't necessarily for uh, academic credit. It was more of uh, that they had anywhere from 10 to 15 hours a week, even though they were full-time, uh, that they were willing to work. And of course, we were super flexible on when they could log in. A lot of them also uh, were doing so on the weekend. So we made our the work that they were helping us be when they're able to log in versus having a set schedule with us. Hey guys, my name is Ed Beckle. I'm the founder of Glorify. Glorify is a Christian meditation app and soon to be more of a social network. But that's what success is. You know, success to me is is being really at peace and in love with who you are and, and what you're doing. And I, I think I looked at Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and all these social networks, and it's like uh, they've, they've, they've done an amazing job in helping people build habits around coming back and consuming what they put out. Their user experiences are just, you know, that's like they're, 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 they're great at that. And I, I look and with Glorify, I wanted to, to build something that leveraged that same kind of amazing consumer-grade UX and, and built it in a way that was just a pure net positive consistently. But, but using technology as, as the greatest way to build habits, and I look at faith as a, as a muscle, you know, and you only build muscle through consistent habit and, and discipline. And I think our North Star in the app that you see, it's 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 not the listen tab and all the content that exists there, and it's not the Bible. It's it's the this daily worship that we build people every day in a user experience that 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 is very, very habit forming. So you'll come back and you'll use it for 10 minutes a day or 15 minutes a day. Um, but but you know it it's presented to, to every user in a way that, that, that makes you want to come back each day, even if it's just for a little bit, because it's that coming back every day for just a tiny bit that, that is uh, just completely game changing. It's so, so powerful. And it's, it, it sucks when, um, you know, people put, put out products and, and software that, um, I don't know, doesn't, doesn't do that. If you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. No, I do. I just, as you're speaking, it just feels like you're showing up to be your best self and to serve to the best ability. Because look, I'm a, I'm a community builder. It's like I've served so many people around the world in the energy that I've put out. And so many times I've made the mistake of operating from a place where I'm empty. So I am giving from a well that doesn't have anything left in it and it leaves me run out. So how can I possibly serve to the best ability if I am not making sure I'm okay first? 
And so it's so important in our journey as successful creators and builders to make sure um, that we're okay too. Like we don't need to sacrifice ourselves. That isn't the best way to serve. Um, we need to be okay. And I think glorify is one of the ways that you can be okay. And, uh, you know, connecting with entrepreneurs like Ed, it's like, those are the leaders that you want to follow. And I like to make everything that I share really accessible. And we've talked a lot about how you were lucky and, you know, skilled enough to build the companies you did young and it led to glorify for someone who doesn't have any connections, who is just starting out. If you went back in time, what are the first ways that that, you know, visionary can show up to start this planting the seeds to create the network that you now have today? Yeah, I would have done exactly what I did which was which was literally showing up even when there wasn't a clear reason why I should be there there might be this event going on or or uh, you know this thing or you just know this person's going to be there and you know that they could help you i always just went and i think what was so lucky for me was people could could in the same way i know that i can you can see in someone's eyes and and their tone why they're doing things you know, or if their heart's in the right place. And I think it's a combination of, of, of that and showing that what you're doing is relevant to the person that you're trying to connect with uh, in, in terms of how they could add value, but also, um, you know, gain from as well. And, and, and you do that enough times and you'll end up with a, a pretty decent conversion rate, but you've got to make sure everything stacks up, um, stacks up first. I did it. I did it hundreds and hundreds of times, and I'd sit at school when I was sort of fifteen, sixteen, sending cold emails every day to the biggest people I could Google, and I'd end up with maybe two or three percent of them would respond, and I'd end up with with a, a few meetings here and there, and ultimately they then introduced me to the other, you know, ninety ninety seven percent that didn't respond. People are far more willing to help than I think we give them credit for. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.